The Mariners head down to Disneyland for a four-game set with the Halos. Our thoughts on that and the new-look Mariners bullpen coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Ed for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head on over to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available U.S. customers. Eligible items. Only exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial. Check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. On the show today, we'll get you set for this upcoming Mariners Angels series. We're also going to talk about this Mariners bullpen. What do we think of Trent Thornton, and how do they plan on covering innings the rest of the year? But let's start with this series here, Colby. Four games down in Anaheim. The Angels look uh, pretty different from the last time we saw them. The Mariners a little bit, but definitely not as much. Uh, What are your thoughts heading into the series? Can I spin this to talk about the trade deadline? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, obviously it's a pretty big series. Um, four gamers are interesting because the difference between splitting the series and winning three out of four is is drastic. So um, I think if you're the Mariners, you have to at least split uh, this series. I mean, really, if you're the Angels too, like the split is is like should be both teams worst case scenario because dropping two games behind somebody uh, at this stage of the year in one weekend is, is uh, it's kind of annoying. So uh, I I think that, you know, two, uh, you gotta, you gotta find a way to split and it's not going to be easy. Um, You do have Otani on the mound tonight. So, you know, I would say your odds of winning tonight are about 20%, especially with the way Wu's been pitching lately. So uh, you know, you probably are going to be in a position where you have to win two or three this weekend. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you can win three out of four, or if you can, you know, find a way to sweep, uh, if either side finds a way to sleep, honestly, you can almost like just end the season of the other team. So, uh, it's, it's a pretty critical, uh, series here. Um, uh, both teams need to go at least two and two, which makes, you know, both teams desperate. Uh, but, uh, if the Mariners can, you know, win this series or, or even sweep it, which, again, difficult, um, then it more or less puts the Angels to bed for a while at least because then you would be four and a half games up on them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big series. There's no, no question about it. Uh, but, again, yeah, if you go two and two at the very least, uh-huh. Uh-huh. then you're going to be fine. Like the series, like the season will continue. You'll be fine. If you drop this series or you get swept – I mean, you could recover, but it's not looking good. So you got to find a way to win two games in the next four. Uh, and then, you know, you go to off to San Diego, who's playing better ball right now. And then you have, uh, then you have Baltimore, you know, best team in the American league uh, record wise. And, and then you can kind of get into the the part of your schedule that a lot of people circled uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, so 
you know, you never know how those things play out. They could sweep this four game series and they could win like six of their next seven. And then they could go into that, that good stretch and they could drop six of seven. You never know. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a critical series. Uh, you know, Seattle's not going to be, not going to throw Gilbert in it. So, mm. you know, yet you to survive a Miller and a woo outing, which is not ideal uh, with the way they're throwing the ball right now, but it is what it is. You got to find a way to win two of these games at least. So Wu versus Otani tonight. Yeah, Castillo versus Detmers tomorrow. Kirby versus Anderson on Saturday. And then uh, Miller versus Chase Silseth, who I don't think we've seen before. Uh, so interested to see him and what he is all about. Uh, so what are your thoughts, hopes, whatever, for Brian Wu tonight? <sighs> Eight innings. <laughs> Like you can't go four innings. You can't go three innings. Um, you just can't have it. You gotta, you gotta go five, six, at least tonight. Uh, don't let Otani be the one to beat you. Uh, you haven't had great command of your off speed stuff. That's fine. And, and there are other dangerous hitters in this, uh, you know, in this lineup, but let them be the ones to beat you. Don't let Otani beat you. If you have to walk them. You walk them. If you fall behind two and O, you don't throw them the challenge fastball, right? You just pitch around him, make somebody else on this team beat you. Um, and find a way to, to go deep, uh, in this game. I mean, not even deep, but like you can't go three and two thirds. You can't Mm -hmm. go, you know, four, you have to go five, six innings. You have to give this bullpen, you know, a legit shot. Um, and you have to give your offense a a very real shot to stay in this game. And unfortunately with Otani on the mound, your margin of error is not that big. Now, Otani hasn't been incredible on the mound this year. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's, you know, I don't think it's one of those situations where like, if you give up a run, it's game over, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, you know, you, you can't go crazy. You have to keep this thing relatively close. And and I think if you're giving up three, four runs, you're going to have a hard time winning this game. So uh, for Wu, it's, it's, you know, it's gut check time. Well, and if Otani gives you an opportunity, right. If there's a window here for you to strike, you have to take advantage of it. Cause last time we saw Otani down in Anaheim, his command was a little all over the place for the first inning, maybe first couple of innings. I can't remember exactly, but I think they yeah. only were able to get one, maybe two runs out of that. They need more if Otani does give them an opening there. So definitely yeah. going to be keeping an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with Wu's recent struggles, you know, the, the question comes up about when are we going to see Emerson Hancock potentially? What are they going to do with this rotation? So what do you think here with Hancock? Because I obviously like we know your overall feelings about him as a prospect, all that. We don't need to go over that whole thing again, but <laughs> but we're gonna. But uh, since June 6th, he's actually really gotten his walks under control just a 187 walks per nine, 890 Ks per nine, 297 ERA, 340 FIP. Uh, he's won Texas League Pitcher of the Week a couple of times during that stretch. Um, I don't know specifically if he's you know changed anything mechanically or, or whatnot, but. Uh, when do you think we we could finally see Hancock here? I don't think it can be much more than a couple of weeks. Uh, he just started last night, uh, you know, did his normal Chris Flexen routine and and got out of there. So um, because that's who he is, he's Paul Blackburn. He's a number five starter. Yippee! But uh, yeah, you know, he's actually approaching a new career high in innings pitched um, as well. So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, he's was far ahead of Wu, so it's it's not, you know, a huge deal, but, uh, I think you're going to see him pretty soon. His, 
uh, with the off day coming up. Well, two off days after this, uh, after this four game set, I think maybe they'll give Wu another shot through the rotation because they can kind of, you know, relax it. And, and maybe they even skip him this time. They use the day off and, the, and they kind of push guys around so that they can skip them for a time or two. But yeah, you're going to see Hancock in the next two weeks if he's healthy. Uh, I, I just can't imagine that by the time, you know, but by the end of Felix weekend, I would be somewhat surprised if Hancock's not on this team. And if he's not on the team the following weekend, I would be shocked. So uh, it's coming. It's it's going to happen. And, and you know, they've still talked about a six-man rotation. Mm-hmm. I hate that idea. I get why yeah. they might try it, but I hate that idea. So um, I, I think it's probably going to be, you know, I would say in the next two weeks, I, I, I suspect we'll see Hancock. Real quick, why do you hate that idea? Because you're taking the ball away from Luis Castillo and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, and you're giving mm-hmm. it to Emerson Hancock to mm-hmm. keep a struggling Brian Wu or Bryce Miller in the rotation. What's the point? Like, right. you know, you do the math on that. If you go, if you stick with a six man rotation, even just like two times through, you're going to take away one, one start from Castillo. You're going to take away one start in September from Kirby. And, and do you really want to kick starts right now? with the playoff race being as tight as it is, I don't think you do. So I hate that idea to me. If you want, if you, either you put Wu in the bullpen and Hancock just kind of eats those innings or you piggyback them, but we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm sure in a little bit, but yeah, I just, I don't like the idea of giving Luis Castillo fewer starts, giving Logan Gilbert fewer starts. I, I want my best pitchers to pitch as often as possible. So we've talked a lot over the last couple of days about how, Dominic Canzone and, and Josh Rojas impact the offense, but now let's talk about how the departure of Paul Seawald impacts the bullpen. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment, but first a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy baseball? One at times your money by 100? Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. And if you think Julio's going yard, add him to your lineup. If you think Luis Castillo's striking out six or more, Add him to your lineup. Making your picks is easy and takes only 30 seconds or less. And if you win, you can withdraw your payout safe and quickly. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. You can catch the Mariners and the Angels tonight Amara's hometown broadcast, Sirius XM via the SXM app. And real quick, before we continue our show here, just a programming note for you. Uh, we are not going to be putting out a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll see about the weekend. We'll see if, you know, our schedules line up, all that stuff. We'll see if the Mariners win, right? We've told you in the past that it's not really worth it for us to do post-game shows after a loss, unless that's just kind of what we plan to do anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll let you, we'll let you know. Keep your eyes glued to our social media channels, all that, and you'll get all the updates you need. All right, so uh, the Mariners bullpen. Uh, I want to actually start by uh, talking about Trent Thornton because we we didn't really talk about him. I asked you yesterday about your impressions of your very early impressions of Josh Rojas and Dominic Canzone. Uh, what about your first impressions of Trent Thornton, who pitched on Tuesday in the six-four loss to the Red Sox, two and a third innings pitch, three strikeouts, no walks. Uh, the sli- or the sweeper is what baseball spawn is calling it. Looked pretty good. 
Um, what did you think? He's fine. I mean, he's just kind of that middle innings guy, bridge guy who gets you to the the back end of your pen when your starter can't go deep, which means he's probably going to get a lot of innings uh, because, you know, again, we've seen the last few starts from Wu and uh, Wu and Miller, and they mm. faded pretty quick uh, in those starts. So maybe it's just a, a rookie wall thing. Maybe they're legitimately running out of gas. Miller really shouldn't be. Wu is, but I think you're going to see Thornton a lot in that role. Um, the kind of issue with that is, is that you don't have the deep bullpen like you used to, uh, uh-huh. as deep of a bullpen as you used to. So if you're only going to have, so you're using one guy for an extended period, you know, every week, then he's going to be down for the next two or three days at least. So, uh-huh. um, Thornton, you know, it's, it's kind of what we expected. It's a good breaking ball. He can spin it. We, we knew he, he generates elite spins. Um, he was, he was pretty good for Toronto, uh, this year, uh, kind of in an, uh, up and down role. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's had some success at the big league level in the past. He, we know who he is. He's 92 to 96 with the, with a fastball and he's got a really good breaking ball. He can spin both of the pitches pretty well. He's going to throw strikes for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a starter arsenal in, in the bullpen. Um, but despite the great spins, you know, it, it, it's not like an elite breaking ball or anything like that. So I think he's totally fine. He's basically, I think what they hope Chris Flexen could be, but Flexen's just not equipped for that role. Uh, Thornton is because his stuff is frankly better. Um, and he has more experience pitching out of that, that role. So uh, yeah, he, he looked fine. Uh, he, you know, did exactly what you needed him to do. He ate innings for a, for a shallow pen on a game that, you know, you might've won if Scott had made some different decisions with that pitching staff, but it is what it is. I thought Thornton looked fine. I, I think he's, you know, a totally fine seventh, eighth guy in your pen. Mm-hmm. And as he puts out more outings, um, we might get some data that shows if the Mariners are making some tweaks there as well. So something to keep an eye on, on that front. Um, so as far as the, the overall bullpen goes here, Colby, no Paul Seawald, that's the guy that was taking the ball and two thirds of your save opportunities. You lose a, a high leverage arm here overall. Um, now a lot rides on Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, Justin Topa is getting an uptick in usage as well. Um, we've seen Taylor Saucedo take the ball in a couple of high leverage situations lately. Uh, so how do we think this bullpen is going to cover innings the rest of the way? on a wing and a prayer. I mean, that seems to be the front office's response. I just, you know, you figure it out. Uh, so I don't know exactly, uh, the ninth inning or the, the save situations. I don't know if they're going to have a guy because frankly, you know, you want to use brash and Munoz, especially if they're both throwing the ball really well, you want to use them in your high leverage spots. And that doesn't mean the ninth inning every single night. So, you know, in terms of how do they cover Paul's innings, I think it's it's kind of a group effort thing. I think we'll see guys go, you know, four outs more often than we have in the past. Um, I think you'll see guys go five outs more often than they have in the past. And because we're getting towards the end of the year here, you know, it, it's more of a sprint. So you can you're more likely to do those things anyways than you are in April and May. But yeah, is, is the Mariners bullpen equipped to do that? I don't know. Like I, I we haven't really seen Munoz do that a lot. We we haven't really seen Brash do that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so We'll see in, in terms of like, like if I had to get like, who is the, the Paul Seawald role? 
right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's probably Munoz uh, because Paul was, you know, I I don't maybe it's maybe it's Topa because if you're just looking for like a traditional closer, you're just looking for somebody who's good enough to not blow the game. Uh, whereas you know the fireman role or whatever you want to call it, the high leverage roles, those should be going to Munoz and, and Brash as often mm-hmm. as you can. So yeah. How, how do they cover innings in the bullpen? I think everybody just picks up an extra out here or there. Uh, I think you're going to see more matchup based. Uh, and you know, the Mariners wanted to do that in the past and they, and they have, you know, we've seen Paul in this in the eighth and, and whatnot, but uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, it's been Paul in the ninth this year. And I think that that particular role, uh, is probably going to be gobbled up by Topa, maybe Spire, depending on matchups. Uh, sure. And then I think you're just going to see Brash and, and Munoz kind of handle the, the high leverage roles. But uh, yeah, they're an arm short. Surprise. Uh, without Paul. So how do they cover those innings? They ride Brash and Munoz pretty hard and hope that they don't collapse down the stretch. Right. And, and we've already seen them try to get four outs out of Brash uh, in this Red Sox series. Uh, Munoz was set up for a four-out save uh, the other night before they scored, what, five runs in the the bottom of the eighth, and they ended up going to Isaiah Campbell after that. Um, But yeah, so that that does seem to be the game plan for them. What do you make of the uptick in usage for Taylor Saucedo? And do you think he's capable of taking on that role? No. (laughs) Like, he's been better uh, recently, but gives up a lot of base runners and and when you're you know a high leverage guy your Mm -hmm. literal job is to not let people reach base like it's not like oh you know you gave up a hit but whatever it's fine no because when you go into those high leverage spots typically giving up a hit means giving up the lead so no i don't i think saucedo is is fine i think he's you know just i think he's a middle guy and and we've seen them use him in some high ish leverage spots but not really um, I could see it against lefties. I fine, whatever. Again, this is going to be more bull or more matchup based than ever, but I don't want Saucedo getting high leverage uh, spots on a nightly basis. So, right. We'll see. Honestly, I trust Spire more because I feel like Spire more likely to get you a strikeout, um, which again, typically in high leverage spots, that is the ideal like outcome. You want to strike out. And I just right. don't think Saucedo's that guy. So uh, I think he's, you know, totally fine middle guy. Uh, depending on matchup, you might give him a high leverage, uh, situation, but I don't, I don't trust him, uh, enough to, uh, just start handing them, you know, save opportunities, quote unquote. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Angels tonight on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. What's going on with Perlander Barroa? Cause they, they brought him into a very unideal situation. Uh, against what the twins and then they sent him down after that uh, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been back up and they've been sticking here with with Devin sweet uh, they brought up one ten for the day before uh, or after they trade uh, traded seawald and then they brought up Thornton after that we think we're gonna see Baroa again like what what's going on with that situation yeah apparently he's uh had some issues back down in Arkansas throwing strikes again so um yeah, not ideal because Baroa is, you know, a potential high leverage reliever. He does have that type of stuff, but if he can't throw strikes, you know, like at all, what good does that yeah. do you? So, yeah. um, 
it's my understanding that he's he's really struggling with his command right now. Um, they might have to take that shot anyways, uh, because again, they need that they need strikeout stuff added to this bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is interesting because the Mariners feel like they don't want to use Devin Sweet ever unless they absolutely like have to. Uh mm-hmm. essentially Devin Sweet is is the the hu- either the human victory cigar or the human white flag. Uh so yeah, if he's in the game, they're either up by a lot or or they don't think they can win this game. So uh and that, that's a wasted bullpen spot. You know, we we the Mariners have wasted, you know, like the 21 through 26 spots, multiple of them all year. Mm-hmm. Um and they continue that proud tradition right now, uh but uh you know, honestly, they don't have a ton of other options. Uh you know, Diego Castillo, believe it or not, still in the org. Yeah. Cannot find the strike zone. Yeah. Um, Matt Festa really struggling right now. Yeah. Baroa uh, really struggling right now. So, you know, do they take a shot on, on AJ, AJ Puckett or, or I don't even know if he's healthy to the Riley O'Brien, <sighs> Stephen Kolek. Kolek doesn't really have a breaking ball right now. So, yeah. it, you know, they, they, they're kind of short, they're short. And the one guy that might be able to help them is probably Brian Wu, but they seem pretty, uh, you know, focused on him finishing the year in the rotation, which again, to me is a mistake. So yeah. Um, if the Mariners are looking for a high leverage option or a potential high leverage option in the middle of their, in their farm system, they don't have it right now, at least not what I can see. So maybe there's a, a surprise. You never know, but, uh, yeah, Baroa yeah. seems like the, the natural answer there, but right now they literally trust Baroa less than they trust Devin sweet. So yeah, so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on it. It's just like the the upside of Baroa is obviously so much higher than than Sweet or yep. Campbell. Really, mm-hmm. you know, qu- quite a few of these guys in the, in this bullpen. And and right now, when you're an arm short and you're looking for some high leverage innings, like Baroa would have the upside to do that. But if you don't trust him, then there's no there isn't really any point of going down that avenue either. But again, like that's probably the only answer. Right outside of just you know one of these guys like Taylor Saucedo just coming out of nowhere and being incredibly effective for you, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I you gotta you gotta scour the waiver wire. Um, you have to, you could you could still make trades. By the way, you just can't trade yep. anybody who's been on the forty man this year. So yep. maybe there's a prospect swap and you get a guy who you think can you know help your bullpen right now. So. Stuff like that is still on the table. It's it's highly unlikely. It, we don't see that very often. No. Um, also, with more teams in the playoff race, I just want to throw this out there: either push the trade deadline back two weeks, or bring back the August waiver trade. Um, it's it's beyond yeah. stupid. Uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, so yeah, it, it's you know the bullpen. I don't know. I don't know where that where that big arm's coming from, but they need one. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like they should have gotten one. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they do uh, because they think they can cover these innings in house. I I disagree. So yeah, as far as the the waiver deadline, you know, you can still put restrictions on it if you want, so teams aren't taking advantage of it. You could put like a, a money restriction on it or something, right? So like big money players aren't going like you know Justin Verlander, right? To like block deals like that, but still allow teams the ability and the flexibility, and I and I think that's even more important now than ever with the third wild card because 
I think by the time that you get to September 1st, you know if you're in or out at that point. Like maybe sure. a couple teams are going to be on the fringes there, but for the most part, I, I think you pretty much understand if you're going for it or not at, at that point. So, yeah, I, I would like just without the waiver deadline, just something feels off about the acquisition period. Just push it back 10 days or two weeks. Like, sure. Because sure. this year you had what? You had five sellers, like five true sellers. Yeah. And you end up with a bunch of fan bases whose teams don't do anything because the market gets clogged by, yeah. you know, and no team wants to do these sideways deals. None of the playoff contenders want to do sideways deals with each other. So, yeah, yeah, you just, it's dumb. You have to, you have to give the idea that, oh, more buyers is great. Like, yeah, in theory, if there's a supply for them to buy from, but there's not. So, yeah, push the deadline back because, you know, and on August 15th, there are going to be teams that look at it and go, yeah, we, we should have sold at the deadline. Yeah, we, we, you know, so yeah, they should push the deadline back. But, uh, anyways, yeah, enough deadline talk. Well, we're going to put a bow on that on our Patreon show today. So if you're interested in listening to that, patreon.com forward slash control the zone, you can get a free seven day trial now. And uh, once again, tonight, you can catch the Mariners and the Angels on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXMV, the SXM app. So before we get out of here, Colby, any uh, closing thoughts? No, you know, I think that's it. I I do just want to say, you know, I believe in the Seattle Mariners. Sure. I think you should believe in them, too. Mm -hmm. And you should believe in them more than Jerry. So. Right. Right. Yes. I believe in you, Cal Raleigh, regardless of what the front office says about you. All right. Making it happen, regardless. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Fatnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Lockdown Mariners. That's one word, Lockdown Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. And again, we will be back next week. So we'll see you then. Peace.